0: Welcome to the Anomalous Press Podcast, Issue 6, Episode 2. This week we are featuring Involuntary Memory Sequence by Lee Phillips and Untitled by Philip Erfan. And don't forget to check out anomalouspress.org where you can read the full issue, download the audiobook, Kindle, or PDF versions. Enjoy!
1: Involuntary Memory Sequence for February 28th, 2004, and Marcel Proust. If two... Zero 05 is to reconstruction, and if swimming to the surface of self is to in search of lost time, and if an accumulation of time is to accumulation of memory, see figure 1. What if the accumulation of chime destroys the memory of a reasonably young woman, and when you have 30 years, and the next 20 are slow erasure, and then, until then, completed into gone? In MS, myelin is lost in multiple areas, leaving scar tissue called sclerosis. I was an only child, an only child, already dreaming of seaweed, my memory, learning how to walk with it. The difference being, I can walk, I walked, am walking, casting shadows, casting spells, tossing shadows, tossing vowels, cast in the image of your, my, Polish faces, setting as both sides of a sunset in one world. Figure two, there is no figure. Binding ankles down in every dream, my recurring six-year-old, seven-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, always dreaming, seaweed around the ankles, holding me deep till I am screaming, baby, what's wrong? I don't have a word, but I know, I know. The act of writing memory is to the simultaneity of past and present, makes it permanent, but is also subject to revision. In order to write, you must forget something. I am that something. Skin is to nerve. Loss of balance and muscle coordination making walking difficult. Circumlocution, circumference, 360. How many revolutions does it take to spin a little earth? Nerve is to memory. All around I dreamed is rise, I cannot rise. I am trying to remember what we were before, but there isn't any. Aperture. Vacuum. Time. 12 o'clock. 3. 6 o'clock. 9. 12. Blue-green. Seaweed. Nerve. You were a number divided by itself and I became your one inheritance. Marburg's variant of multiple sclerosis is a very aggressive form of MS where the disease advances very quickly and relentlessly. It is associated with severe axonal loss and leads to rapid disability and death. I know now, I didn't then, my dreams knew, music didn't know my dreams, everyone's a stranger. Figure three is she, brutal in her silences, I get it. A permanent object lodged in my throat, leaving me inch by inch struck, each letter that becomes you departs from me and amplifies the obvious. She who is not there and never here was in the script scene, made of over there, right here in all places at once, the simultaneity of the dead like a dream, bright bloom of beauty Yes, hawthorn, noun, any of various small trees of the genus Cretatus, rose family, with stiff thorns and bright-colored fruit, often cultivated as hedges. It is face to face with something which does not yet exist, the scent of gardenias awakened, the particulars, everything breathes.
0: Untitled by Philip Erfan I came down from my place and I had to wrap the jacket and let it hurt me for if not the jacket the wind and the wind is always left and white and quick and free He came down in good time for I did not have to wait long for him We passed those close and he said to me that he sees them but they don't really see him He said they don't really see me either We came away from them and he told me he let them stay they may have the place, he said. We will not return. And though we were walking the way for much time, we still remained within the town, and I knew the way was long. The people, they looked to us, and he told me they thought we knew where we were going. He said he didn't know where we were going. He told me he wondered how we would leave the town, as he pointed to the mountains so near surrounding. But he was not upset for it, for he said he knew, then, how we would come away. He asked if I could see the bridge, and did I know the small bridge carries the I-5? It makes the place not right, he said, but it is our way. The wind carried much snow and harsh, for it did build a tall height all upon our way. And the cars moved slow, and we were at even pace, and we all struggled against the wind and its snow and its heft and the water upon our face, which made everything worse. He told me to look into the cars, and he asked could I see their faces and what I thought of them. Do I see them truly for what they are? I told him it was hard to make them out, and he told me, try another. He said, there are so many to choose. They are all the same. Farther down, he questioned me once more, and I was upset for it, and I chose one and looked into the wet window and saw behind it, beneath the portion of the snow, I saw a face, and I could not understand it, but it seemed to know me quite well. Do you see them for what they are? He asked. I said to him I didn't understand this meaning or why he was asking the question or why he was so intent on my answer. I said I wanted to shut up my mind and he should do the same. I struggled upon the snow, then the ice, then the snow farther down. I had been walking the way a long while and it was evening, settling down over everything, turning to black everything, but the snow had stopped falling. There was land on either side of the way and I could see the horses being led by a dark figure of a man to somewhere that didn't exist in the dark. And as I turned to the opposing side, some distance away, the heifers were brown and standing as many figurine. I noticed no movement, and they were left alone, and I wondered about them. They kept their gaze in my direction, and I decided I should encounter them, and I went to and came over the metal railing, which stretched all the way, which was flimsy, weak, and I let my foot come upon on the wet of the snow covering it, and I easily and by the quickest time came over the other side into more of it. I made a great depression, for I felt myself sink a little, more into the mound of it, grey and black and white. I couldn't move presently, not for want of it, and I thought of the heifers behind me, brown and still and quiet, that they were left alone. I could not make company with them, for I did not wish to move, and felt now worse about it all, I did abandon them as well. My jacket was defeated, and the white hurt me, a breeze came over me, and its breathing continued until I finally, without consent by mine mind, arose from the hole in the mound hurriedly, and I made a mistake and fell back in. And I made a few more mistakes, and came up and down until I threw myself over one of the sides and out of the mound. But now a tiredness was in my arms and in the stronger part of my legs, and I wished to remain ever still of motion. He told me it would be warm in my apartment, that my bed was proper for laying, for a warm feeling, for the greatest comfort, and that he had had enough of the way, and the way could be with itself, that it was a way better way with none upon it. And I came upon this time with no mistakes, and so quite easily, and I forgot about the heifers, and went over the tin foil railing, and it almost gave way underneath as my stomach put too much pressure on it, and I rushed a little in my pace, now in the opposite way. The dark had released a little its grip over everything it was now a lighter shade of blue though dim still with cold wind Upon the i5 i saw no cars for many hours and it was empty black back and forwards but when finally one appeared and it came unexpected and quietly he would turn to me with only his eyes asking me once again the question from the previous day but the cars would move too fast and i felt better about it when it went on past me and a bird a kind which I have no idea about, but which had wings, wide wings, with reaching fingers on its ends, and which only appeared as a shadow of its true color from my view below, came overhead from behind me. It must have been cold, for the glide of it was inadequate, the wings oscillating it seemed too many times for it to be called a decent bird. But I still admired its advantage, its way above all, the nearest creature to heaven. And then it went into a slant, taking a slanted direction, for the wind came with new life, but the birds seemed intent on the other way, and I enjoyed the altercation. I knew not who came out winning from the contest as I returned my view to the new way before me. I realized I had made my way back into town and was happy with the idea. I caught the feeling and put on it the strongest grip and tried to keep it going and moved quickly. There were few people about for the hour was too fresh, and only those who liked to catch the fresh feeling were all upon their different ways. And I saw a man and woman of great age who were to pass by me. And they wore their age and had rubbed it all upon their bodies and washed their faces with it and put it in their hair and dried it out, forcing the color gone from their hair. In approach, I no longer watched them, but looked to the ground and their feet and mine appearing up and out once and again where my lower vision terminated. And he told me to mark them, and he said many times, he said, Mark it if one knows who they are. And I looked up slightly, so as to not come into them and do harm. And I heard their voice together, warm and was low but profound, for they had eaten their age as well. And how are you, after the hello, and of what a handsome young man. And then enjoy the morning, son. What a beautiful morning. He asked me, did I mark them? And I saw many blackbirds along the fences, now removed from all the stores and places you eat. downtown nearing my place and in the neighborhood and there were many houses and they block your passage your view with tall brown fences and the birds were on the fences and they were talking things like families do and they might be relations I thought when the fences were behind the bend and the houses were exposed I saw people by their cars and some were in the wide holes of their houses with music playing and some were working machines with music playing but I was not able to see them as I went by And farther along the way, my place, a few streets down, past a busy road, I went through a quiet area, and there were homes which were dark and withdrawn and covered by many trees, but there were birches which made noise by the timid wind, and made them not mysterious in an ugly way. I heard a child's voice say things like, You're dead. Remember I shot you, and you have to be dead when I shoot you. It's not fun to play if you don't play it right. And I looked in the direction of the noise, and saw the child speaking, and he had a hair overgrown, which came to his eyes, and he had to swipe it away, the blonde hair that was dirty, and he was very small, and had a small voice, and had a small blue gun. He had a long tablecloth tied in a great big knot around his neck, and he tripped many times on the floral patterned cape. The other child would say things as, I shot you first, and you never die when I shoot you, and I always have to die, and I don't want to play anymore. As I went past, they could not see me too busy telling each other why the other had to die, and how he should do it, and why it was he and not the other. And at my place, a person familiar, a familiar and knowing about him is what I felt about him, saw me, and was waiting for a quick talk, and I couldn't get it, and I had his mind and thought like he did, and I saw everything from his view, and I could see me, and we smiled at how foolish I was, and I went away from him because I didn't like what we could both see. Up the steps and at my door I was unable to open it. I had never learned to open it. And it took me too long to get it open, and I had his mind again, and we wondered why I was never able to get it open as he watched me coming round the railing to the first and lowest step of the ascent to my place. I tried many directions and turned it with each key, there were two, switching again, once again, and I got it finally not knowing how I was able to do it. We waved and smiled at me, and we both knew I was fool as I went inside. I noticed nothing about the apartment, and I went into the room and went to the bed and inside of it. I moved around on it and couldn't find the right feel, and when I did, the jacket was obstructing it somewhat, and I bent my arms back, and it hurt, for they went back too far. And one came free, and I threw the jacket and heard it sink to the floor, and I felt a little bit free and searched for the feel, but it was gone. The heat came on with a sudden clicking, then a persistent rattling, then a clicking noise again, then the sound of a machine droning, and I thought the way was wrong. The warm was rising, was finding its way to me, and I knew I would never find the right way. Well, that's it for our episode this week, and thanks so much for listening. If you've ever thought about becoming a contributor to Anomalous, you can view the submission guidelines on anomalouspress.org. We welcome submissions of poetry, fiction, nonfiction, and translation, and also hybrid multi and new media, audio or video works. We're a little of everything here at Anomalous, so give us a try.